And uh, as you can see with the title this morning, I'm <clears throat> bringing you, <clears throat> this is a special video that uh, it's not, um, basically not under the armor of God or the opponents. It's one that um, it's going to be just something a little different this morning to kind of change it up a little. And uh, so I hope you all enjoy it this morning. It's on unveiling the reality. And um, and we're going to start out by reading verse a verse from 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 4. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, who will, all, <clears throat> who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's pray over the word right quick before I get started. Lord Jesus, thank you again, Lord God, for this opportunity to bring forth your word, Lord, and to do these videos, Lord Jesus. And, and I pray and ask you, Lord God, to use me as your vessel this morning, Lord. Speak through me, God. Help me to bring this forth, Lord, as you reveal it to me so that, so that it'd be easy to understand, God, and to help each and every one of us in our walk with you, Lord, and that it'll reach others, Lord, and reach the lost, Lord, God. Anybody that happens to watch this video, Lord, that doesn't know you, Lord, I ask you, Lord, God, to, to touch them, Lord, reach to them, deal with their hearts, Lord Jesus, and I thank you and I praise you for it, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, <clears throat> who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? If y'all remember when I was talking about the belt of the belt of truth, how truth meant reality, and that's what the the truth is. The truth is the reality of things, and the the uh, our enemy, our adversary, the devil, has twisted things around to where he's got people believing lies and believing things that aren't true, and believing things that aren't that aren't the the truth and the, that is not the reality of all things, and because of that, and we. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people that's, 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 you know, teaching false doctrine, teaching all kinds of crazy stuff, got, got uh, men with um, their own ideas of how things came to be and how things came to pass. But when all, in all truth, God created everything. He made, every, he made all things. There, there wasn't anything that was made that wasn't by him that was made. And we, we can look over in, first, in uh, John chapter 1. <clears throat> John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So you see, God made everything. And, and you look over in the book of Genesis, and it'll tell you that, how on the first day He created the heavens and the earth, and on the second day He created the waters, and, on the, and so on and so forth, and all throughout the first chapter of Genesis it explains how God created everything and how he made all things and you know and um, by the spoken word of his mouth he created all things he spoke everything into existence he said let there be light and there was light he said uh, you know let there um, the firmament above the firmament and the firmament below and he made it he made everything by by speaking it by by basically speaking it into existence through the creation of his with his words and you know but the the awesome thing is that when it come out down to the sixth day you see on on all the the previous five days he spoke everything into existence and he told the earth to bring forth the animals but everything that he created from day one to day five he created with a spoken word but when it come to day six there was something special that he did when he created man if you look over in, in genesis chapter 2 verse 7 when he created man it says in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 2, 
says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, when he, when he made man, he formed man. He didn't speak man into existence. He actually formed man with, the, with his hands. He took the dust of the earth and he formed him and made him. And, the, and forming is a squeezing something, squeezing something into shape or molding it into form. Just like how a potter does clay and how he works with clay, he actually uses his hands and he forms the, he forms the clay and designs and makes it what he's, the, what he's got in his mind or the, or the picture that's in his mind of what he wants to make. He uses his hands and forms it into shape and makes it into the way he wants it to be. And that's the same way God did with man. God said, let's make man in our own image. And he took man and he took the dust of the earth and he formed and built a, a human body there in front of him, formed Adam's body out of the dust of the earth with his very own hands and made him. And then after he made him, then he breathed into him the breath of life. He gave him a living soul and he made him in his image. So if you think about that, God actually took the time to make Adam and to, to form him of the dust of the earth. Every Every distinct detail that Adam, that was about Adam, the color of his eyes, the, the color of his hair, where his hairline ended, um, how big his, his facial features were, how long his arms were, how long his feet and his legs, and every each and every part of his body, he designed it with his hands. He took time to make and mold him. And just like with each and every one of us, if you look over in the book of Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah that he knew him before he was even formed in his mother's womb, he knew who he was. He already knew what color his eyes were going to be. He knew what color his hair was going to be. He knew how tall he was going to be when he became a man. He knew every single detail about Jeremiah before he was even formed in his mother's womb. But then when it came time to, to form Jeremiah, he formed him in his mother's womb and made him into who he was and who he became whenever he was born and he grew up into, into a man and became one of God's prophets in the Old Testament. He knew everything about him and formed him and made him and designed him. And that's with each and every one of us. He knows the color of our eyes. He knows how many hairs is on our head. He knows every every single detail about us from our head to our feet. And there's not a thing that, that he doesn't know about each and every one of us. That's how awesome that is, how God takes the time to make each and every person and make each and every detail and forms and forms us with his own very own hands. And how how awesome is that? If you think about it, he's got he's concerned that much about each and every one of us that he takes us and forms us into who we are and makes us with his very own hands. That's that's pretty awesome. I think about about how God does that. But see, that's the truth and the reality of things. We didn't just all of a sudden just poof come into existence and made out of nothing. No, it didn't happen that way. It wasn't a big bang theory that created everything. God made everything. God created all things. That's the reality of it. So then you. Then you sit here and you wonder, well, you know, how do we get to where we are today where people's got all these lies and all these things, you know, and all these false things of, of how things came to pass? How did we get there to that today? Well, if you look over in the book of Genesis in chapter 3, verse, chapter 3, verse 4, Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You see, there was a great deception that began that day. The day she ate of that fruit and gave to her husband, Adam, the day they ate of that fruit, there was a great deception that began to, that began to come to pass that took place that day 
to where now there's a deception over man's eyes where they can't see into the spirit world anymore. They can't see the things that, that needs to be seen, that God reveals things to us and opens our eyes whenever we accept him into our life. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But you see, there's a veil that's been <clears throat> that's been pulled over man's eyes that began that day. That day, that, that day, the deception started. The great deception that was put over men's that was put in men's lives a veil that was put over their eyes to where they can't see the reality of things and from that day forth that that kept getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger that deception until now where we are today there's such a great deception come on we're on men men don't want to turn to god because they don't believe he exists they don't they, they don't believe he's there they don't believe he's for real they they believe they have believed a lie and they, now they believe a deception and over the truth so the truth is that God made all things and that God made man and formed man out of the dust of the earth and he made him to, to come and, and uh, to fellowship with him and where God would come down and fellowship with man. Now there's another thing too. There's a, uh, Some people could maybe dispute one particular thing when I said that God formed man with his own hands but he made everything else with his, with his spoken word. Is when you look you look at the animals and you think well it says in the bible that god formed the animals no god didn't form the animals god told the earth to bring forth every living creature and the waters to bring forth the living creatures that's in the sea and in the waters but man god formed with his hands but then if you look over in that particular in the bible there where it says where it starts talking about after he made adam he brought every living creature to him and allowed him to name them. But as I was studying this out, he didn't bring every living creature to him for him to name them. He took every living creature that he had already made and had the earth bring forth every living, living creature and he formed each creature out of the dust of the earth in front of Adam for Adam to name them. And if you look right here in, in uh, well, I don't have it marked, but anyways, here it is. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should not that man should be alone, I will make him and help me for him. This is Genesis chapter two, verses eighteen and nineteen. It says, And out of the ground and out of the ground Lord the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now see the the thing about this right here is God formed every living creature on the fifth day. He told the earth to bring forth every living creature on the fifth day. On the sixth day, God made man, and that was the last thing that he made. So then he formed each creature and brought it to Adam and allow, to allow Adam to name each one. So if you, if, you, if you understand that, then you'll know that God was the only one that, or that man was the only one that God formed with, the, with his hands but he did form every creature that was already in existence because the earth brought forth every living creature. He formed them so that Adam could name them. But man, he took the time to form him with his hands and design him the way he did. And that, I think that's pretty awesome thinking about God takes the time to, to form us and to make us. <clears throat> now, if you look over in Romans chapter 1, verse 17 through 22. Now, remember how I told you that the deception... Okay, the deception of, of all things that the, that the devil has deceived man and has, de, has created this great deception from day one. 
If you look over in Romans chapter 1, verse 17 through 22, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the, for the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him, not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see, the veil hides the invisible things of God that are around us. You can look around you, like look behind me, and you see these trees, these trees... They, these trees didn't just come from nowhere. These trees didn't just come out of just come from uh, from nothing, you know, without without an eternal Creator that made them. You see, they just didn't all of a sudden just pop into existence without nothing being there to put them into existence. And there's no other explanation as to how things got here or how things were made, except that there is a living God out there that is is wanting us to be wanting us to come to him and, and to live for him instead of living for our, our own selves and our own our own uh, lust and our own desires and doing our own thing you know and god wants us to be his friend he wants us to be his servants he wants us to to love him and to be um to be christians he wants us to know god for who he is he wants us to invite him into our lives and into our hearts and and to live with him and to be with him and, you know, but the, the deception got us believing that there's not a God, got us believing that, you know, it's even got us so veiled to where we don't even care. We don't even think about it. And, you know, some people that are just don't even they don't even think about it. And if you mention it to them, they, they just brush it off like it's nothing. It's because they don't have an understanding. They don't they don't see the reality of things. They don't see the invisible things of God. Like it was saying here, the same <clears throat> saying but became vain in their imaginations and in their and their foolish heart was darkened and their, their vain imaginations they're imagining things imagining what they think is reality instead of seeing the reality of things and seeing the truth and seeing that God is the truth and that God is the reality and it says for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen it's like I said you can look around you and see that God exists you can look around you and see that that there is that everything is just the way it's the way it's made and the way it, the way things grow and the way things look the way the wind blows and, and the storms brew up and come up and just you can see God's hand in everything and there's no other explanation as to how things are without having God in there to explain it you cannot explain reality without putting God in there and even the scientists they have these crazy ideas and these crazy things and crazy thoughts and the way they try to, to explain stuff and yet, the truth of it is, is the, it, if you know the truth and you watch what they're saying and you know the reality of things, what the things they say don't make no sense. And, you know, without putting God in the picture, without putting God in the, the, the center of all things. And it's, it's just the reality of it is God exists and God made all things and God 
is in control of things, and he's in control of man. Once man dies, come on, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing to fall in the hand of an angry God. When, when you fall in the hands of God and you're not living for him and he's upset with you because you wouldn't turn your life over to him, you know, it's a, that's, a, that's a scary thing to fall in his hands. Because listen to me, he's got everybody in his hands. Everybody, God, come on, God knows everything that we do, and he's in complete control. But if you don't live your life for him and you, and you step over in eternity, then at that time, then there's judgment. You, right now, he's dealing with you. Right now, he's, he's, calling, that, he's calling you out. He's, he's tugging at your heart. He's wanting you to turn to him. But if you don't turn to him now, then you don't get another chance. Once you pass out of this life and you step over in eternity, your chance is, your chance is already done. Your chance is gone. Now, once you stand before him, then you got judgment. At that point, you're judged as to where you're going, whether you're going to spend eternity with God or whether you're going to spend eternity in hell. And that, that's something to think about. That's something to consider. Consider your ways now. Consider him who died for you, him who hung on the cross for you so that you could be saved. He shed every drop of blood out of his body for, your, for you and me, for each and every one of us, so that we could come unto Him, so that we could be saved, so that we could spend eternal life with Him instead of spending eternal, eternal life in a devil's hell. hell. Hell is for the devil, not for man. But if man chooses to go there, then man's going to choose, then man's going to go where he chooses. But if you, come on, but if you surrender to God today and you accept Him in your life as your personal Savior, and then when you pass out of this life and you continue to live for him from this day, it's not a, just a one moment thing and then you get up and go on about your life and do like, you, like you've done for years and like you've done before you came to him. No, once you come to him, you have to live for him at that point. And you have to, you have, if you surrender and you mean it and you surrender from the heart and you're genuine when you do it, then he will change your life. He'll change your mind. He'll change your, the way you think. He'll change you to where... From that day forward, you'll, you'll want to live for Him. You'll have a desire to live for God. And then once you start living for Him and you, and you, and you continue to live for Him until your, day, until your day is up, until your time is up, and you step out into eternity, then, then you will be rewarded and you will be given eternal life with Him in heaven. And see, it's not a hard thing to do. It's not a, it's not a hard thing to live for God. It's hard to live, to live your life not living for God. But when you live for God and you have Him, you have Him to help you. Now, I want to show you something here. If you turn back over to, well, first of all, let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Well, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Remember what I was saying about the imagination. Is that man's imagination that can be an evil thing. And because man can sit here and imagine all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's just so much things, so many things that comes in men, that comes in men's mind, to where you know it, it can be very evil, a very evil thing. And when you try to take God out of the picture, then you start trying, you start trying to imagine things as to, you know, like who would ever thought to make a cow a god? You know, there's there's countries that that worship cows. The cows are gods. Yet their families starving, their children starving to death and dying of starvation. They got a cow right there that they could slaughter and feed their family. But instead, they want to worship that cow. They want to bow to it, and they, that's, that cow is their god. Or you take a ceramic, a ceramic thing that in the shape of a man, and set it on your counter and you, and you worship them. That's your god. Just a little ceramic thing. That ceramic thing can't do a thing for you. It's, it's nothing. It's just sitting on the shelf. And it, it can't do the it can't do the first thing for you whatsoever. No matter what you no matter how you make it, you ask it to do something for you, it's just going to sit there useless on the shelf. That was out of a man's vain imaginations, just imaginations of all all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. But 
the you got to cast down them imaginations. We have to cast down those imaginations right here. Second Second Corinthians chapter ten verse five says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." You see, we have to cast down those imaginations and everything that 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 is against God. All everything that is against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is right here in His Word. The knowledge of God is that God spoke everything to, into existence 6,000 years ago, and He made all things, and He created all things. He created the heavens. He created the earth. He created man. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. He created every living creature on the earth. And He's been in charge and in control ever since that day. And up today, even, even now, 6,000 years ago, but the scientists say the world's billions of years old. That's not true. The world is on, the, the universe in the world is only 6,000 years old according to the Word of God. And God formed everything 6,000 years ago in the book of Genesis. It's just over 6,000 years old. And that's the truth of things. It's not the vain imaginations of man of trying to think how things, you know, got so old. See, there's an explanation for everything. They say, well, well, when we dig something up and we look down at how far down in the earth it is, and how many layers of dirt has been put over over all these years, and that's how we determine that dinosaurs lived six billion years ago, or two billion years ago, or five billion years ago, however however old it is. That's not true. If you think about it, back in the flood, everything was the whole earth was turned inside out. The Bible says when you study in the Word of God, four thousand years ago, there was a flood that took place. The rain for forty days and forty nights covered the earth with water. And the whole earth was turned inside out. So everything that was on the surface of the earth could have been buried underneath the earth. We don't know how deep, only God knows. And then when that water ran off and it created the, 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 the caverns and it created the canyon, the Grand Canyon, all the mountain mountainous peaks, all that, everything, the flood, when the water ran off and the earth resurfaced, then all, we have all the things where the water created and formed different things, created the rivers, created the streams, created all that. See, that's how... That's how things come into existence. It wasn't, it wasn't six billion years ago, and then over over a period of time, all this happened. You see, you have to know the word of God. You have to know the truth. But if you have, if you don't know the truth, and you don't have God in your in your heart and in your life to reveal these things and to reveal the truth to you, then you're going to believe vain imaginations, and you're going to come up with these own weird and crazy imaginations yourself instead of believing the truth and believing the, the word of God and understanding what the word of God says. Without God, you cannot have that understanding. You cannot have the revelation of all things. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, once again, back over here to this verse I just read, it says, Whom will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Come unto the knowledge of the truth. When you, when you accept God as your personal Savior and you come into salvation, then you will, give, you will receive the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of God. You receive, God will, will reveal to you the truth. He'll lift that veil of deception that's been put over our eyes, put over man's eyes from, from the Garden of Eden. When they ate of the forbidden fruit, that veil was put there. That veil, the, the veil that hid the truth from everybody. The veil that hid the truth from man. All that began back then. And the devil has that veil over people and he tries to get them to think his way and think his imaginations and his and how he thinks things should be and all that instead of thinking the way God wants us to think and having the mind of Christ. So, but once you come to God and you're genuine about it and you accept him as your personal savior and you come on, you, you, you hit your knees and you ask God to forgive you of your sins and you ask him to come into your heart and help you to live for him. And then whenever, whenever you do that, 
then he will reveal the truth to you and he will reveal you will come unto the knowledge of the truth and you'll know that the Bible is the word of God and that the Bible is true. Because you see, this body eventually is going to pass away. This body is eventually going to die. Remember how I said God took and formed it of the dust of the earth. He took the dust of the earth and he molded man and made man in his image. And he created and formed him, took the time to design him the way he wanted him to be. If you look over in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. You see, your body, your body that you live in, a shell that we live in today, is made of the dust of the earth. When we pass away, when we die, that shall return to the earth. But the spirit that God placed inside of here, our soul, shall return to him to be judged. If we live our lives for God today, then when, when that happens, when, when our body goes back to the dust of the earth, and our soul returns to heaven, to where God is, and returns back to God who gave it, then he will reward that soul as to how we live today. If we live our lives for him today, then when we return to him and we step over into eternity where God is, then he shall reward us with heaven and reward us with the eternal life with him. But if we choose to, to live our own way and do our own thing today and live our lives for the world and live our lives for the desires of the flesh and not surrender to God, then when our body goes back to the dust of the earth, <clears throat> excuse me, our soul will return well, we return back to God who gave it, and then He will judge it, and it should be cast into eternal fire. Be cast into hell. And eventually, when all things are done, it be cast into the lake of fire. Never, ever to, to see God, or to feel God, or to be in His presence ever again. So today is the day to choose. Today is the day to choose to serve God. Don't put off salvation till tomorrow, because you won't promise tomorrow. Don't put it off till, till the next day. Don't put it off till a week from now. Because you don't know how how much longer you're going to be here. See, it's not a matter of whether the church gets gets called home today or whether the church gets called home five years from now. What matters is you could die today. You could die in a car accident today. I mean, I've had a couple people that I know that that was by the mercy and grace of God that they that they didn't die lost. That one of them didn't die lost, and the other one didn't die, and his whole family died because God had His hand over the, over them in the accidents. But God could have called their number, could have taken them home those days, but He didn't. He gave them another chance. gave one of them another chance, and the other one He gave them a little longer, uh, gave them more time here on the earth. And you know, see, we don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised our very next breath. God could call us home the very the, this very moment. We don't know. You know, you could die of a massive heart attack right now, right this minute. We don't know that. So today is the day for salvation, not tomorrow, not the next day. So consider what I'm telling you this morning. If you're lost, consider what I'm telling you this morning. Think about it. God's got a great reward for the people that surrender to Him. And it's, it's not hard to live for God. And as it comes with a great reward. But living, not living for God also comes with a reward. And it's not a reward that we want. It's not a reward you know, that, that, we, that we should desire. Because spending eternity in hell is not a, is not a reward that I want. I want, I want the reward of, of heaven. I want the reward of being eternal eternally with god and having him you know in in my presence for all eternity you know i don't i don't and i don't desire i don't put that desire on anybody or wish that on anybody that they go to hell you know consider salvation today consider god today consider the one that that's dealing with your heart or dealing with you today and give him the opportunity to change your life because he can he can really give you you know some uh wonderful things and really you know, really make you happy in this life and in today. 
So consider what I'm telling you. Consider the reality of all things and get the veil of deception off your eyes. I hope this helped you today and uh, I'll see you again here in a few days. Um, continue on with the with our spiritual opponents that we face. And I hope this helped you today. If, uh, if you enjoy it, and I ask you to share it and you know so that other people can see this video as well and that it can help people. And love you guys and God bless.